Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you had a good Christmas break and great time with family. Did everybody get what they wanted for Christmas? Yeah. Okay. Good. Glad to hear that, Zeke. Expectations are a funny thing, though, aren't they? Sometimes we get uh, exactly what we hope for, and sometimes we don't. Um, and we have to be careful because if we get our hopes up too high, sometimes we end up disappointed, right? Kind of like if you were hoping to get a new car this Christmas and instead you got a new vacuum cleaner, (laughs) you're probably just a little bit disappointed. But it can work the other way around too because sometimes when we really don't expect much, we end up getting more than we've ever had before. Kind of like Mike Hill was telling us about last week when he told us the story of the, the time his family came in late at night unexpectedly on Christmas, snowy, didn't anticipate them coming, but I assure you that the gift of seeing his family that Christmas unexpectedly was better than any present that was under the tree that year. It's really all a matter of what you're expecting, what you're hoping for. Because our expectations can either lead us to to sad disappointment or to great joy, to something less than we'd hoped for or something more than we had ever imagined. It just depends on what you're expecting. This morning we're going to look at a man named Simeon. This is a man who lived with a hopeful expectation. You see, God had promised him a very special gift. And he simply could not wait for the day that gift would arrive. It's kind of like the kids were on the Christmas Eve service. Lots of chatter, lots of excitement, everybody ready to open gifts on Christmas Day. Well, Simeon couldn't wait to receive his gift as well. In fact, I think he woke up most days wondering, is this going to be the day? Just like the kids were on Christmas Eve. Well, this morning I hope that we can learn some things from Simeon. I hope that we can see that there's a great value in the importance of knowing God's truth and expecting Him to fulfill His promises in ways that are often more than we could ever ask or imagine that's definitely the case when it comes to the gift of God's grace that we've received through the person and work of Jesus Christ like Simeon I pray that we can receive that gift of love with gratitude so before we look at that together this morning let's go to the Lord in prayer fathers we come to you this morning we want to have expectant hearts like Simeon really anticipating something good, something right, something true that we find in Your Word that gives us life, that gives us purpose, that gives meaning. And may we find that hope fulfilled in what we learn about Your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray this in His name. Amen. If you would, turn to Luke chapter 2. Verse 22 is where we'll start. Luke chapter 2. Verse 22, I didn't intend it this way. We've kind of stayed in the book of Luke. We've looked at the shepherds and their anticipation of this Messiah that would come. And now we're going to look at this man, Simeon. And so read with me beginning in verse 22. It said, When the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves 
or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law. Then he took him into his arms and blessed God. Let's stop there and consider what we've read so far. A little background as to what's just happened. It tells us that Mary and Joseph are in Jerusalem fulfilling the, the requirements of the law. Specifically, there was a requirement for Mary and her purification after having given birth to the baby Jesus. The purification was necessary for her to go to Jerusalem and into the temple where they would offer a sacrifice. According to the law, it actually says that they were to offer a sacrifice of a lamb and two doves. But you'll notice there that that's not what the sacrifice that they offered because the, the law also gives an accommodation to those who were poor and couldn't afford, couldn't afford the sacrifice of a lamb. And so that's what we see Mary and Joseph offering, the two turtle doves or two young pigeons. It tells us something about their humble means. And then somewhere in the midst of all the craziness of the activity that's going on there in the temple that day, this man, Simeon, comes up and encounters Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. It was a chance meeting, perhaps, with a divine purpose. The only information that we have about this man is what we see in, in verse 25, where it says that he was a righteous and devout man. Now, I think that's an important description that Luke uses because he's already used that very same description earlier in his gospel. He did so when he was describing uh, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, the, the parents of John the Baptist. He says that they too were righteous and devout. It's an important combination of words as it describes somebody because I, I believe it tells us something about their heart. And, and I'm also convinced that the order of those words is relevant. You see, a righteous heart is what leads to a devout life. And it doesn't always work the other way around. In other words, a devoted life does not necessarily reflect a righteous heart. Look no further than the religious leaders, right? They were known for their faithful religious devotion. But Jesus Himself revealed that their hearts were far from God. They were devout, but they were not righteous. Simeon was not like that. He was a righteous and devout man, and the text actually gives us some indication as to why that was the case. Look at the second half of verse 25. It says, And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. You see, Simeon had an expectation that was rooted in a promise of Scripture. That word consolation literally means comfort. Simeon expected God to comfort his people, Israel, just as he had promised. And, and there's several places that he could have gone to have seen that promise from God. Let me give you an example of one of those. Keep your finger here and turn over to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. 
here's one of those passages that uh, Simeon might have had in mind when he looked for that promise. Isaiah chapter 40. Let me just read a few verses of this to give you a sense of what the expectation was all about. It says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 1, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended and her iniquity has been removed, that she has received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is calling, Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up, every mountain and hill be made low, and let the rough ground be made plain and the rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Now look down at verse 10. Behold, the Lord God will come with might with His arm ruling for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him, and His recompense before Him. Like a shepherd, He will tend His flock. In His arm, He will gather the lambs and carry them into His bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. See, God had, had made a promise. And Simeon knew God's Word and trusted that God would carry it through. He lived his life expecting to see the one who would come that would be the comfort for Israel and the glory of the Lord that would be revealed, just as God had promised. Specifically, Simeon was looking for the promise of Messiah. He was looking for a person. We can see that in the text in verse 26 because it says, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit, that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon believed in God's promise to send a Savior, the Lord's Christ. And God had revealed to him that he would not see death until he saw the day when that promise would be fulfilled. And when he saw Mary and Joseph in the temple... He knew that day had arrived. Look at verse 27 again. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, he took him into his hands and blessed God. As we read those last three verses, verses 25 through 27, I want you to take another glance at those again and see if you can note the, the repeated phrase that is, appearing in all three of those verses consistently. There's something that's said each time in verses 25, 26, and 27. Simeon was a righteous and devout man that he was looking for the consolation of the Lord. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit was upon him. It says in verse 26 that Simeon knew that, that he would see the Messiah before the day he saw death. How did he know that? The Holy Spirit had revealed it to him. Then in verse 27, Simeon just happened to walk in that day to the temple. Happened to walk up to Mary and Joseph. Happened to know that... How did he know all that? Because the Holy Spirit was upon him. Luke seems to be emphasizing the very important point. That Simeon did not experience the blessings of God because of the life he led. 
Instead, Simeon walked in a way that he was able to see God's hand because the Holy Spirit was leading his life. There's an important difference there. You see, the first obligates God's blessing in response to my behavior. The second obligates my behavior in response to God's blessing. I trust as God leads. It's the same idea behind the the point that Paul is making in his letter to the Ephesians when he says, by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And not as a result of works that any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for the good works that He prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. Scripture repeatedly teaches us, and I believe we see it in our passage with Simeon, that God initiates His love towards us. And we see His hand when we follow His lead. The point is this. There is no revelation of God's truth. There is no understanding of God's Word. There's really no salvation, for that matter, no righteousness at all apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Never has been, and there never will be. We don't find God. Ultimately, God finds us. And it's His love that leads the way. Simeon was faithful to follow God. And God's love led him to the place where he would find the Savior. And what is true in the life of Simeon remains true in our life today. Simeon is teaching us a very important point, and let's not miss it. It's not a matter of the life that we lead. It's a matter of who's leading our life. You see the difference? It's not a matter of the life we lead. It's a matter of who's leading our life. Now look at verse 29 in our passage. Simeon, holding Jesus in his arms, blesses God, and this is what he says. Now, Lord, thou dost know, let thy bondservant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things that were being said about him. So holding Jesus in his arms, Simeon says, I can die in peace because my eyes have seen salvation. Simeon knew that when he saw Jesus, he was bearing witness to the much-anticipated promise of salvation, that gift that he was expecting to receive from God. He was holding it in his hands. And I want you to think about that for a minute because I think there's something profound here in that point. We don't know for sure, but it's very likely that Simeon died shortly after this encounter. Because remember, God had promised him that he would not see death until this day had come. And even Simeon himself says, okay, I can die in peace now because the day has arrived. 
very likely he never saw Jesus beyond this point. If you think about that, you, you just have to realize that he never saw any miracles. He never heard any teaching, no signs, no wonders. And yet, he still believed. And I believe that's because Simeon was righteous and devout. And then he didn't need any more details. He knew the promise of God's Word. And he trusted that what God began, he would be faithful to complete. We need to understand that Simeon is not looking for proof in order to believe. Simeon believed, and so God revealed his truth. Simeon was a righteous man who knew God's Word and believed that God would carry it through. So this is not a case where seeing is believing. This is an example of the privilege of what God allows us to see when we truly believe. It's what it looks like to see the world through eyes of faith. It's the contentment that comes through trusting in God. The assurance that God's got this. And He'll carry it through. And I want you to notice the, the magnitude of Simeon's expectation. Look again at, at verse 30. He says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. As we read this, I want us to just recognize that this is not the normal Jewish expectation. Most Jews were looking for the Messiah to come who would restore Israel, God's people, to a place of, of power and influence in the world. Simeon, on the other hand, is declaring that this Messiah has come not just for Israel, but as a light to the Gentiles as well. That, that this Messiah had come for the salvation of the world. I think that may be why verse 33 says that Mary and Joseph were amazed. I think it's very likely that they were amazed at the magnitude of Christ's ministry. Jesus had not come just for the salvation of the Jews. He came for the salvation of the world. Simeon believed in a big God who would do great things because of an absolutely amazing love. But sadly, this truth of God's love would actually be one of the biggest barriers for belief during the life and ministry of Jesus. Because if you think about it, Jesus was rejected because he ate with tax collectors, right? He was chastised because he spent time with sinners. His teaching for many, was unacceptable because he expanded the definition of neighbor well beyond the Jew to anyone who might be in need. It was a love that knew no boundary. And there were many people who could not accept a Savior who was willing to give grace to those who in their minds didn't deserve it. You see, that, that attitude is all too common among those who have it backwards. Those who think religious devotion is what leads to a righteous life. They see God's deliverance through 
the narrow lens of their own life. And they miss the salvation that has come to the world. But notice that Simeon was not focused on the narrow limits of his own life. Instead, he was looking for the promise of what God would do with the salvation of the world. The gift of salvation was was God's idea. And Simeon knew that there was nothing that was outside the limits, the, the boundaries of God's love. That there was no one, absolutely no one, Jew or Gentile, who was beyond the reach of God's hand of redemption. He knew that all mankind was in desperate need for a Savior. And that God had made a promise to send a Redeemer so that all the world could see. Simeon's faith was guided by a promise that he found in God's Word that was more than he could ever ask or imagine. What he proclaims tells us that that this was not something that he thought up on his own. This was God's idea. It was a gift that would be received by all men. Uh, Not on the merits of what you've earned, but on the merits of what God has done and your faith in Him. Even, I think, Joseph and Mary were amazed with this truth. And for many, this message of salvation literally was just too good to be true. Look at what he goes on to say because I think it speaks to that reality that would be difficult to bear. In verse 34, he says, And Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed this child was to be appointed. In other words, Jesus was sent with a divine purpose. And and it tells us that He was destined to bring division for the rise and fall of many in Israel for a sign to be opposed. Simeon is saying literally that everything, everything will rise and fall on Jesus. What you believe about Him determines your eternal destiny. Jesus came with a divine purpose. And your decision regarding who He is and what He accomplished will result either in the rise of your redemption or the fall of your judgment. The cross is what divides all humanity and determines our ultimate eternal destination. If you think about it, there really is a very simple reason as to why Simeon found Jesus. It's really simple. Just think about it. Why did Simeon find Jesus? I think it's because he was looking for a Savior. I think it's that simple. Simeon found Jesus because he knew that he needed a Redeemer. He knew what God had promised. And he longed for the day when that promise would be fulfilled. And when he saw Jesus, he knew that day had arrived. But he also knew that many would not 
believe that this was true. And I think that reality is what would pierce the heart of Mary down to her soul. Now, I'm sure that Simeon did have in mind the the absolute agony that Mary had to have experienced in watching the, the torture and the crucifixion of the child that she had raised. That had to hurt. But I think, I really think that there was a pain even deeper than that. Because I think Mary understood the magnitude of God's love and what He had done when Jesus came and what He did when Jesus died. And the fact that everybody was witnessing this with her and yet so many rejected the love that was being displayed on their behalf. I think that might have been what pierced Mary down to her soul. Because Simeon goes on to say, the cross of Christ is ultimately what reveals the heart of man. As Peter claimed, there is no other name under heaven given unto men by which we can be saved. If your heart longs to see God's promise of salvation, then like Simeon, you will find your answer in Jesus Christ. But on the other hand, if you prefer to live life on your own terms, then Jesus will just get in the way. That's why the Scripture says that He's a stumbling block. You trip over Him when you're not looking for Him. So, as we finish up this morning, I want us to consider what it would be like and and how important it is to live a life that's a little bit more like Simeon's. What it would be like for us to, to be a people who were committed consistently to look at God's Word and to look for and identify His promises that He's made and believe in our heart that those promises are all ultimately fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. There's a passage in Scripture that Paul says that it says that all the promises of God, all of them, are yes in Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's saying all that God's ever said He would do was ultimately fulfilled in what Christ has already done. And if that's true, and I believe it is, I think it should cause us to wake up each and every day with a heart that longs to see Jesus. Like Simeon, to look for Him expectantly and to depend on Him exclusively to fulfill the needs of our hearts. And that requires us to make a decision that we all face, I think, every day to turn away from the temptation of doing things on our own. To turn away from the temptation to to go our own way and and choose instead to follow the lead of God's Spirit in our life. To, To choose not to believe the lies that lead us to worry and anxiety, but to turn to Christ who came, as He said, that we might have peace. To live with that firm conviction that He is the one who gives us exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or imagine. That He takes all things and works them together for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purpose. But I think there's another thing that we should consider as well. Like Simeon was hopeful 
for the expectation of Christ's first coming. I think that maybe it would be good for us to live with an equal enthusiasm for His second coming. We should wake up and wonder, perhaps, (laughs) this may be the day. Has that ever happened to you? Do you ever wake up one day and say, gosh, I wonder if this is the day when we get to see that promise of God fulfilled. That's what Simeon, I believe he lived with that hope, that expectation. Every day he woke up, I wonder if this is the day. Maybe we too should live with a little bit more of that expectation. I wonder if this is the day. Because I think if we do that, it changes our perspective on life in this world. Because it helps us realize that this is not our home. That this is not the way it was supposed to be. That this world is increasingly corrupted by the deceitfulness of sin. But as Job declared, and we believe to be true, we know that our Redeemer lives. And that one day, He will stand upon the earth. And may we long expectantly for that day. And believe in the promise that He makes all things knew that what he said he would do, that he is faithful to carry it through. Like Simeon, if we have that hope, if we have that expectation, I think it causes us to hold loosely to the things of this world. And even if we don't see it in our lifetime, even if we live expectantly for that day, we can trust God that he will carry it out just as he sees fit. Because if we've encountered and and know Jesus, if we have found Him, or probably better, if He's found us, then we have all we need. That we can trust in God and leave the details up to Him. But long expectantly for that day when His promise is fulfilled. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for the example of Simeon love to see that expectant heart that longed to see your promise fulfilled, who knew his need well enough to understand that he was hopeless, to know your word well enough to find an answer, and to know your heart well enough to expect that promise to be fulfilled. Simeon is a man that I want to live life like. And I pray that all of us can have a heart that's a little bit more like Simeon's. Maybe this year as we renew some of our commitments that this would be one of those things that we would renew before you. To have an expectant heart that that looks at your word, that finds your promises and believes with conviction that they are all fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And that all that we have in this life to live ultimately is to the praise and glory of your grace. May we live with that commitment and belief in your promise. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, that we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great day.